I'm Liz Hinkle at TIA National Headquarters, and we are pleased to welcome you to the Transportation Intermediaries Association's TIA Delivers podcast. TIA, the trusted voice for third-party logistics companies of all sizes. Thank you in advance for joining. In this episode of the TIA Delivers podcast, we sit down with Anne Renke, President and CEO of TIA. Anne discusses her transition into leading a trade association and what is to come for TIA and its members in 2021. And thanks to our podcast sponsor, the TIA Foundation, influencing 3PL growth and profitability for over 40 years. Join us virtually or in person in Phoenix, Arizona for TIA's 2021 Capital Ideas Conference and Exhibition, May 17th through the 20th, with over 1,500 of North America's most successful brokerage-based logistics professionals. And let's get started. Good morning, Anne. How are you doing today? Hey, good morning. I'm doing great. Happy Friday. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Friday indeed. Um, so I wanted to start off by saying thank you for joining us today. Um, I think our audience is eager to get to know you since it has just been about three months since you took over the reins at TIA as president and CEO. And on that note, can you talk about um, your transition from the administration to leading a trade association and what is working well and where do you think TIA could do some things differently? Well, thank you. And this has been an extraordinary week, and I'm not going to get political. But, um, uh, you know, you you asked me about transitioning from the administration. And just uh, let's just take a moment to to (laughs) be grateful that our democracy is still standing and that our (laughs) institutions are um, still robust and are are holding strong. Mm -hmm. Um, I left the administration before the election and I realized that that was pretty prescient now. And I will tell you, I had never worked for the government before. I was not a government gal. I had worked for many years at CSX, the railroad, and I had an opportunity to join Secretary Chow. And she's, you know, a known entity and a a tremendous professional. And so I I thought, well, why not? And, And why not get some good experience? Here's what I learned, though, is that everything um, in the government requires 27 people to sign off on. And so while you can make an impact and certainly you can um, connect deeply into policy issues that are critical that face, you know, transportation stakeholders across the country, in order to actually move the needle, it just takes a very, very long time and it takes a lot of buy-in. what I like about the, the, the association, about TIA, is that if you have a notion of how to improve a process or a system or things that, that we could do, uh, the process is, is far quicker and we can really empower our staff to make these changes. So I'll give you an example. One of the things that I thought we could do to elevate our advocacy in Washington was to have an overarching policy committee that would have input from the four conferences, you know, Highway, Air Freight, International, and Intermodal, and and turn that into really a synthesized sort of advocacy objective. And so I suggested this to Chris, Chris Burroughs and I, uh, you know, our VP of Government Affairs. He thought that sounded like a tremendous idea where we could get those representatives from those various conferences along with some of our leadership within the, the board and, you know, representing small and large companies 
and really become a much more powerful and coherent voice. So we were able to put that in front of the executive committee. They like the idea. Then in, in front of the board, they like the idea. And now it's going in front of the full membership. And so this is a turnaround really of a couple months. We actually asked for the membership to vote this this week. And the whole point of it all is that I think one of our marching orders is to to really to amplify our voice and our members' voices on Capitol Hill. And, you know, gosh, again, after this week, you know, we all <laughs> realize how important it is to get along and to compromise and work together. And so that is that is really our point is our messages are going to go to everyone, all the members who could be helpful to us going forward. Right. Interesting. Um, I'm sure all of us at TIA and our membership um, appreciate your feedback on that and are excited to not only move forward with TIA, um, but grow with the industry as well with you as our leader. Um, I noticed in your recent president's message in 3PL Perspectives magazine, you discussed the return of normalcy in 2021. In your eyes, what does normalcy mean moving forward? And what does that look like for our members and TIA events? Well, we are all desperate, I think, to to move forward beyond this pandemic. Normalcy to me is having an ability to be together again and to network and you know share our experiences and en enjoy time together. Now, we are in the midst sort of, um, as I said in, in the letter, the light, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We just don't know how long the tunnel is. Um, there, you know, we are doing some vaccine distribution and it obviously is limited and it will take a while for, for our population all to get vaccinated to the extent they need to be. Um, but there, there is the future here where we will be able to get together and, and we're investing so much in this, this viewpoint that we are still planning to hold our Capital Ideas Conference in person. Of course, there will be a virtual component. I think that will be standard going forward, but we've delayed it a month. And our hope is by delaying it to May 17th through the 20th in Phoenix, Arizona, that will give another month of vaccine distribution under our belt. That will give another month for, for uh, us to understand if you know we are able to get together that that if there hasn't been some sort of mutation and and we are are all in a safer place that we can do it now cindy's team cindy amos you know our vice president for meetings and education are are doing yeoman's work to make our team safe to make our membership safe to have it look a little different but be as safe as it possibly can and we're excited to, to release those details to the membership. They'll be up on the website here in the coming weeks where people can feel assured that this is not somehow going to be a risk to them to attend the conference in person. So that to me is what normalcy is, is actually seeing everyone's face. You know, I, as new to the TIA, I've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings um, to meet the membership, but my goodness, I will love it when I can actually go out in person and have a meeting. You know, Zoom is, is not bad, but in person is the best. Right. And I think our membership is eager to meet you as well. <laughs> um, and this information is really helpful, I think, to them in navigating how they would like to participate in TIA and TIA events in 2021. Um, and speaking of 2021, I think it's important that we do reflect on 2020. Could you tell us a little bit about what you think played the biggest role in TIA's successes in 2020? And how do you hope to keep that momentum going into 2021? 
Well, I, I have to congratulate the team that we have, um, Liz, you and, and Cindy and Jessica and Polly and Chris and Scott and, you know, Neil and Matt. And, I, you know, obviously I'm not, I can't list all of our team, but uh, you guys um, have done an incredible job in an unstable time by, first of all, keeping the association going. And, and so that seems like a low bar of success, but there are plenty of associations that are not um, stable, that have had to lay off people, that have had to really cut back on their offerings. And our association has weathered that storm. To me, that is tremendous. So I credit the team here. Our finances are healthy. We are, are you know, in the black. We are doing the best job that we possibly can. And I also want to credit Doug Clark for that, who stepped in as an interim CEO after our prior CEO left and is really stabilized by making it the team that needs to be here and by, you know, preserving the, the financial portrait so that we are still looking healthy um, moving forward. So that to me is really where I credit the success. Right. Um, and TIA has been no stranger to change and neither was 2020. Um, so could you talk about um, what do you hope for TIA members going forward in 2021? Well, so we, you know, have about 1,600 or so, you know, call it 1,600 some odd members of the association. That represents probably about 5% of the brokerage community out there. So, so one thing we want to do, obviously, is grow the membership. And that means not just the, the new entrance into the brokerage space, but also those, those old line firms that have not joined for reasons that we don't know. And we want to make sure that, that we understand and, and appeal to them. I mean, the thing about our, our membership is, the strength in our membership is that they are there's a diversity of size, there's a diversity of offerings that they provide, um, and then there's a diversity of geography. And so when I talk to those members, they think, here's what's valuable to us, the networking, which we've talked about, the advocacy, which we've discussed a little bit, and the education. And so how can we make that relevant to those folks that are perhaps new um, and, and, and are still trying to figure out you know, how to make their business grow? We want to make sure that they know that TIA can help them grow. And then those folks that have not joined for whatever reason, how can we make sure that it's relevant to them? And I think a, a lot of things, you know, Cindy's team and Jessica's team are are thinking through, all right, how can we make it attractive to those groups as well? So that's what we're looking forward to is magnifying the value proposition of our membership. Right. Um, and speaking of um, attracting new membership and catering to our current membership, um, can you talk a little bit about any of the new programs, tools, and resources TIA is looking to roll out this year? Um, what should we be looking forward to? Well, one of the things that I thought would would be something to highlight is our TIA Connect. And and Liz, you and, and Neil and Matt and Paul are, are sort of at the forefront of that and have done a tremendous job, which is really providing an online community for our members. So for example, we have, and, and just so if people don't know, TIA Connect essentially is a platform that allows us to communicate with each other through your membership sign-on. You can go to TIA Connect 
and do outreach to to generalize people, to specific people, to members that you want to talk to, to or ask an open question. So one of the, one of the examples that I saw recently was someone wrote in and said, "I am a hazmat broker. You know, predominantly have, have handled hazmat." Um, shipments is there a community out there that I can can speak with and so you know sending that over to Paul and, and Matt and others that they can then say all right here's here's a community of, of like-minded folk and you can talk through best practices you can talk about lessons learned and that to me is an exciting opportunity I think we're barely scratching the surface of the potential there but having an ability to really in real time not have to figure out on your own from our list of thousands of members who might actually be in that space, but being able to look through, you know, send out a call to through TIA Connect and finding those people, that's an efficient way to do it. And I think going forward is going to be a tool that we turn to um, more and more. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I might be a little bit biased, but I do think <laughs> TIA Connect um, will be an essential communication and networking tool for our members this year. Um, and it's super easy to navigate, and I'm truly excited to see what conversations um, engage amongst our members. So to wrap up today's conversation, though, um, we wanted to ask you about our last episode in which we spoke with TIA's chief economist, Noel Perry, and we talked about being mindful of e-commerce in 2021. As we move forward, what are your thoughts on the continued growth of the supply chain industry and how can TIA members position themselves to take full advantage of this growth? Right. And I, I had the good fortune of, of having lunch with Noel Perry and he walked me through his expectations for 2021, which, as you know, I mean, the pandemic at first stalled everything. Um, mm -hmm. And then <laughs> because of people being at home, it, the the e-commerce went through the roof and and the growth that we saw was just um, almost unprecedented and I think we could go back to 2018 and see the the kind of volumes that we were seeing but uh, you know look I think he thinks and I would agree that 2021 there's going to be some curtailment of that if you have the vaccine successfully, deployed, people will start returning to a service economy. People will start leaving their homes and not mm -hmm. shopping <laughs> online as much. Um, I do think, though, that there are some things that will stay and 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 benefit our membership. I think e-commerce obviously will continue to have an outsized role in our economy and we will still we will be able to benefit from that i think there will be a return though to some of our bulk commodities and and things that had perhaps uh shut down a little bit i do think that we're in a good position going forward will it be as dramatic as last year i don't think so i think there will be a cooling off there as people take trips again and perhaps spend their dollars in other in other ways but you know I, I don't know a whole lot of people who enjoy the shopping experience and want to be out there uh, at a store anyway I, I do think it's far more convenient to go to your you know your iPad or your phone and just dial up whatever it is that you need so we'll be able to benefit from that going forward too and you know what's exciting I think is that with with our advocacy we can highlight how important our role is in the supply chain and, you know, sometimes uh, I think brokers get forgotten about. Um, 
I think after the pandemic last year, I don't think there's as much ignorance about our role in the economy and the supply chain. We're going to continue that effort. You know, Chris and I have talked about having a, a broker 101 course for those staff on the Hill who really can understand how critical we are to the economy and um, and, and so that, you know, any legislation that passes this coming year, that they understand how it could affect us. So that's going to be something that we'll work on as well. I think that'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Um, but I just want to say thank you again for joining us today. Um, I'm sure our listeners enjoyed everything you had to offer. And I think we all look forward to hearing more from you throughout 2021 as TIA's president and CEO. Thank you, Liz. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks again to Anne Rinke for joining us today, and we appreciate her insight into the future of TIA in 2021. Please visit www.tianet.org if you'd like to learn more about how TIA and TIA membership can help your business grow and become more profitable. Also, don't forget to join us in Phoenix, Arizona for TIA's 2021 Capital Ideas Conference and Exhibition, May 17th through the 20th. Take your business to the next level with over 1,500 of North America's most successful brokerage-based logistics professionals online or in person. Early bird registration ends April 5th. Register now to receive your discounted registration fee before rates increase. And again, thanks to our sponsor, the TIA Foundation, for being a valued partner in the production of this podcast.